Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Veda Zane. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Ina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C and Romoran with another audio only episode for this week, and we've got an interview with a Filipino professional wrestler who is really building a lot of momentum for themselves in the American indie scene. You may have seen them on AEW Dark. Uh, their name is Kid Bandit, and yes, laking Pilipina siya, laking Antipolo actually. Shout out to our friend Reddit Regal who writes uh, Finisher Friday. Articles for smarthenry.com for introducing us to Kid Bandit and uh, giving us the email address that allowed Ro to reach out to them. Yeah, so it's a really nice interview that we did. So they are actually pretty enfranchised here. They grew up here in the Philippines and then they moved to the States at 13. So they're also a ruthless aggression baby like the rest of us, like many of us. So, alam niya yung makinalakan natin. So that was really cool to hear from them. Yeah, sobrang daming references to things that we also grew up on from Jack TV to the Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio storyline from 2005 to My Chemical Romance, River Maya, Urban Dub, all of that stuff na you know really means a lot to our formative years. Alam na alam ni Kid Bandit yon and dinala niya sa states and it's great that they're able to represent so many different communities from being Pinoy, being part Japanese, being a wrestling fan, being an anime fan, being part of the LG LGBTQ plus community. Sobrang ganda ng story ni Kid Bandit and we can't wait to share this interview with you. But before we get to that main event, that conversation with Kid Bandit, we gotta let you know about a couple of ways to support the show. One of them is by being a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron. Right guys, so if you like what we do and then you want to support us and then maybe be part of the next uh premium live event viewing party which is probably at this time it's going to be Wrestlemania uh, you can just do that by signing up for the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Patreon it is patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as well as 250 pesos a month to get to support us plus you get perks like being part of our Discord community where we do the watch parties uh, get access to our exclusive review content of the weekly shows and pay-per-views and then you also get merch whether it's uh, pasabay from online wrestling stores or our very own merch line that you get first dibs on for free. 
when you are a patron, uh, you get all of that good stuff. Again, for as low as 250 pesos a month, sign up at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. You can also support the show through your online shopping by going over to Lazada. Yep, there's always a sale happening at Lazada. So if you're going to get anything uh, that you want and need, because hashtag NASA Lazada, yan, you can just use this affiliate link to support the podcast with your online shopping. It is podlink.co slash IAM, podlink.co slash IAM. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the mobile app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost to you. All right, let's get to it. Here's our main event for the audio-only episode, our conversation with Kid Bandit. We've got another special audio-only interview right here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, talking to another Pinoy wrestler making waves in the American indie scene. You may have seen them on AEW Dark, and you may have heard of them from their time in the Nightmare Factory. We're welcoming them out to the podcast. Kid Bandit, kamusta ka bayan? Kamusta? Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Hey, thank you for doing this. Yeah, full disclosure, we were speaking in Tagalog with the interest of not alienating um, non-Tagalog speaking uh, folks. I think I'll be talking in English. <laughs> or, yes, or Taglish. Uh, there will be some Tagalog here and there because I am excited that I could talk in my native language. <laughs> so I'm assuming that uh, first yeah. interview mato with anybody from the Philippines. Yes, it's my very first interview outside of America, actually, which it's awesome. Like, it definitely makes me feel like it, it makes me feel like it, it's a full circle because I, I grew up in the Philippines. Uh, I think a lot of us Filipinos, we get conditioned that success is getting out of the Philippines, which sucks because you can absolutely succeed in the Philippines, right? You don't have to like go out and find your success in, in a different country. But, you know, we romanticize the idea of going to America and making it big and then coming back home and being venerated like, like a hero, basically. And this is that moment for me right now. It, it, feel, it feels a lot like that because I get to talk with people from my homeland. And it, it's, it, it's very it, it's surreal, basically. Yeah, uh, centuries of colonial mentality does that to you, by right? you know getting colonized by the Spaniards, the Americans, the Japanese, yeah. and all that stuff. So you know that that happens. We get it. Yeah. Our friend Reddit Regal, who interviewed you for SmartHenry.com, told oh us God, that yes. Antipolo ka. So can you talk about growing up in Antipolo and then moving to the U.S. at thirteen? The culture shock. Oh my God. Um, so I grew up. On the poorer side, I wasn't stricken in poverty. I was, and then we kind of found a little bit of, like, money. My mom, uh, she owned an ukay ukay, which after a while, it, it started, you know, profiting. And when I was in middle school, I got accepted to Ateneo, the uh, Manila. Wow. Which, you know, uh, for context, for those listening in who aren't familiar with that school, that's one of, like, the higher-end schools in the nation. Yep. But it's an all-boys Catholic Jesuit school. Mm-hmm. which most of like my peers there were like the sons of lawyers, of musicians, of, of actors. It was really weird to be surrounded by all that like old money, new money people and coming home to like, you know, I didn't live in a Baha'i Kubo or, or a cottage, but I didn't live in glamour like my peers did. It felt like every time I went to school, I become a different person in the sense that I have to pretend I'm one of them or act like I'm one of them to fit in. But then I come home and I'm like, my best friend growing up was a squatter. 
I might get canceled for this, but when I was a kid, I stole a Game Boy Advance just so I could play Pokemon. Damn. <laughs> I, I had to steal it because I, I grew up poor. I didn't. There was no way for my family to afford that. Uh, I used to sell cigarettes in flea markets to get myself a burger from like a hot dog stand. You know, like if, I didn't live in poverty like everybody else, but I wasn't swimming in cash until my early teens. Like I would, I would say, like when I was like. 10 11 that's when we started to like actually get a little bit of funding to like you know live a little bit more comfortable we didn't have a car so i had to pretend that i wasn't like dirt poor with all my peers so yes my life is an anime right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can say that but very uh very teleserie in the local context very soap opera it, style it, it is it's very soap opera and and hey if you're listening philippines hey i'm, I'm willing to sell my story <laughs> Oh, you grew up kind of poor, but not as poor. And then uh, how does that end up with you guys, your family heading to the States? So in the Philippines, there's this thing called TNT, which means Tago Nantago, which roughly translates to always hiding. Yes. And that refers to overseas Filipino workers who move from the Philippines to America with like a tourist visa. They find a job because working in America, like you can work at like a fast food chain in America and still make more money than you would with like a nine to five bachelor's degree type job in the Philippines because there's just the monetary value is just drastic, right? Yeah. Uh, the difference. So my father, I I didn't grow up with him. But first he lived in Guam, then he moved to America and he was just in America as a TNT. He was hiding, like he was basically an illegal immigrant with work and eventually he got naturalized. And when he finally did, he wanted to reunite the family and instead of going back to the Philippines the goal was to bring his family to America so that's the biggest factor of us moving to America was that in that my mom had a lot of debt I was enjoying a modicum of success because I was enrolled in like a prestigious school sure but colleges in the Philippines unfortunately it doesn't carry the same weight as if like he graduated like in, in a college in America. And, yeah, on a month. And I can attest to that because my father who has a master's degree and my mother who has a master's degree, they, they have a hard time finding a job here in America simply because like their degree is from like a third world country. And I hate to say that because misconception about the Philippines is we all live in like squalor. We don't like for very modern. We're like the leading nation in terms of like speaking English. Granted, I didn't know how to speak English great when I was 13. Like, I was terrible at it. I, I had a thick accent, and yeah, I got bullied for it a lot, you know? But to go back to why we ended up in America and how it was for me, the culture shock was incredible. But I think I was able to handle it because I spent a good chunk of my childhood living basically two lives. I would go to school, pretend to be old money, to pretend to be rich, pretend to have cable, and then I go home, and I'm back to being poor me, you know? And outside of that... Like going to America, it's it's a lot of pretending too to to fit in. It's like, oh yeah, I was I'm totally like you know I wasn't ashamed to be an immigrant, mm-hmm. but I I lived in an area where a lot of my peers were Hispanic immigrants and they all got looked down on, and in order for me to like avoid their fate of being bullied and being ostracized, I had to pretend I was local. I had to get rid of my accent, you know, and it helped. I think growing up in the time period in the Philippines where I did, like, anime was cool. Like, it was mainstream. I remember when My Chemical Romance went to the Philippines and everybody wanted to go. So so I picked up a lot of, like, alternative mainstream habits. Yeah. 
it from the Philippines, like emo music, you know, rock music. I, I grew up watching anime. So I had layers of, of myself that carried over when I went to America that I didn't need to abandon because being emo in America when I got here was cool. So yeah, I could just yeah. be that, you know, like I didn't, I, I didn't need to be that weird immigrant, barely speaking English kid. I could lean in on the email aspect or, or the anime aspect, you know. Yeah, you're and, assimilated because you know, of colonial mentality. <laughs> yeah, and, and as unfortunate as it sounds, yeah, like it, it wasn't that I wasn't proud of being Filipino, mm-hmm. but I grew up in, in the Philippines where being Filipino was kind of frowned upon, like, yeah, we talk about Pinoy pride a lot. We really do, and that's great. But we only really celebrate and venerate Filipino pride when we see one of our people succeed in a field that is dominated by non-Filipinos. That's like a weird thing, and it's always bugged me, you know, but whatever. I wanted to ask about that, though. You're fully aware of how people in the Philippines go and cheer for a Filipino doing well uh, in the international stage. So are you kind of banking on that if you're, or when your career gets to new heights? Like, do you want that for you as well? It's weird, you know, like I've been in America for so long. I consider myself American too. And I am part Japanese. Outside of anime, that's a facet of myself I never really explore because I don't know how to speak Japanese. I grew up with basically Filipino parents, right? So being a mixed race individual kind of plays into factor in how I want to, you know, because I want to make a name for myself in the Philippines. Sure, because because I'm proud to come from there. I'm proud of my, my Rags to Riches story. I'm, because if, if I look back in my life, I get to say that I started from basically nothing. And I think that's such a dream of, like, a lot of Filipinos fantasize about that. You know, we, when I watched, uh, there was a movie called Slumdog Millionaire. The story was set in India, but the parallels of, like, the Filipino life of, like, we all watch Wow Wow We or Eat Bulaga because, like, yes. we want, I, I mean, I'm... I haven't watched KFC in a while, but like we all watch these grandiose game shows with the hopes that one day we can be on those game shows, answer the right question, and escape poverty. Because a lot of us were living in squalor, unfortunately. I used to like eat one meal a day, and it was just the kikiam that I would pay with five pesos for because I sold like cigarettes that probably didn't even, you know, I, don't, I didn't even smoke, you know. So I had that insight. I had to survive, I had to fight to survive. A lot of us Filipinos, we, we see that, like, escape uh, the whole, like, you start from basically being worthless, and then you work your way up, and eventually you end up in America, and everything's great. You get, like, a, you, you get all these eyes on you. You're basically a celebrity. Like, that's great and all, but it, it breaks my heart when we equate success as getting out of the Philippines. And it's weird coming from me because I got out of the Philippines, you know? Yeah. But it breaks my heart because we're treating our home country like it's a prison. And that's unfortunate because if you want to talk about Filipino pride, we got to look at the homegrown talent we have and venerate them just as much as we venerate someone that's overseas succeeding who happens to be Filipino. Because a lot of the times we venerate like people who are Filipino blooded who don't give a crap about being Filipino. They just happen to be Filipino. But we... We have to hunt down role models because there's not a lot of us. And not, there's a lot more now. Definitely a lot more now. Like, you know, Spider-Man had like a scene with a Filipino grandma and I'm, yeah. I was like, yo! That, <laughs> you know, like that, that spoke to me in a level that no other scene has because being Filipino is 
probably the most underrepresented like thing in like mainstream media, unfortunately. In my personal opinion, it's one of the more like on the bottom of the barrel, like when it comes to representation. On your point on representation, but like when we were growing up in the fandom in wrestling, specifically Ruthless Aggression era, and we looked at someone like Batista just because Batista. he's Filipino. He had the Philippine flag tattooed on his shoulder when he came to the Philippines. Which he covered up. He covered it up. Yeah, he kind of did eventually. Yeah, yeah. But like when he was yeah. here, it was such a big deal. He had like a fan event at Mall of Asia. People had uh, I, I, lining up for the signings. He had commercials and all yeah, that I, shit. You remember that? I, I, I was there. I was there at Araneta when SmackDown was there. And he was facing Booker T. And I yeah, was there. I was there too. I, I, was, I, was, I was in the cheapest seats because we couldn't <laughs> afford it. But I knew I had to, I had to meet Batista because like, you know, like you said, when it comes to representation, we have no heroes. So we hunt down heroes. And I'm so glad for Batista. Like, I never booed Batista, even when he was healed, because I was just like, I'm just happy that I feel like TJP, you know, like when TJP was like in WWE, I thought that was the coolest thing. Cause I'm like, I had no idea he was Filipino when he was suicide, but when he really leaned in on it, it was, it was refreshing. It was like, wow, like, did I care much for like what TJP does in the ring? No, because my personal like opinion about wrestling is I, I have a specific style. I enjoy more so than what TJP did, but I didn't care that his style isn't like what I like. I'm just glad that we had that representation. And unfortunately, I think that carries over outside of wrestling too in like mainstream media and music and all that. We we have to hunt down these heroes. And I still listen to like Chico Sai because <laughs> I think they're, they're one of my... I listen to a lot of OPM all the time because I, I freaking... What was that? Uh, Urban Dumb. I listen yeah. to Urban Dumb all the time. Because I just think their music was good, regardless of not they were Filipino. Like their music just transcends. I don't know why I brought that up. I, just, no, I, do you, I want to ask, do you, do you show your American friends OPM, especially the uh, English ones? Yeah, I don't tell them it's OPM, right? Like because I want to see how like shocked they are when they mm -hmm. hear, specifically with Urban Dove and Chica Side and even River Maya. Like when they sing in English, you could you couldn't tell that they're Filipino because they have no accents when they sing. It's just right. like. It's like an American artist, you know? So I showed a friend, like, uh, you'll be safe here. Like, a long time ago, <laughs> when I was in high school. And they were like, this is great. What is this band? It's like, oh, it's this River Maya. It's like, oh, I've never heard of them. Like, where, where are they from? It's like, oh, they're from the Philippines. Like, what? No way. You know, because, like, we, I think a lot of us, we, we get conditioned to think that if a band or a musician is from Southeast Asia, they sing in their native language. OPM is different. We got musicians that sing in pure English and you can barely tell that they're not like, you know, American. Yeah. You're speaking to us on a different level right now because like the River Mayas, the Urban Dubs, the Chico Sais, like we all pretty much grew up right around the same time period, even though we're a few years yeah. older than you. So, you know, I, I really love it. I want to go back to the wrestling of it all because I listened to an interview you did last month and you mentioned that one of your first interactions with wrestling was during the Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio program in 2005. So what about that spoke to you and connected with you? I can actually talk about that a little a bit more specifically for with you guys because you guys are Filipino. I was heading to Laguna, and you know how it is like it's all provincia, like yes, there's, yes. There's, there's nothing there. Nothing from I, there. I <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have cable. So on the way there, we stayed in a hotel that had cable, and I remember like I turned on the TV, and I have a lot of friends in Ateneo that watch wrestling. It's weird, it's so weird in America. Wrestling's kind of like, oh, you like wrestling in the Philippines, it's different, right? You like wrestling? Hell yeah, we we have a different approach to wrestling. 
we know it's choreographed. We know it's it's a work, but we don't care. We don't look down on it. We appreciate it. Like it's like how like India views WWE. India views WWE like it's like larger than life, and I feel like that's why pro wrestling has like such a hard on about like tapping into that Indian market, right? But like the Philippines is very much the same way. We look at wrestling and think it's like such a great pageantry. In America, you you look at wrestling and you think it's a sideshow. You think it's like a carnival attraction. You know, like the WWE and AEW have done tremendous strides in kind of like changing the perception of pro wrestling. Like I guess like the best example I could think of was like when Soldier Boy was it Soldier Boy that was like feuding with Randy Orton? Like I don't know, but it was like a rapper, (laughs) right? Yeah, Uh yeah, on Twitter. It was like a rapper. Yeah, yeah, some rapper was like, oh, that WWE fake crap. It's like, oh, wow. Like, uh, and, but that, like, yeah, it's weird. That, why is he bringing up WWE? But what we really don't want to say is that, like, a lot of, like, mainstream media, especially mainstream celebrities, like, I, I'm friends with, like, a pretty well-known rapper. We're kind of close because I grew up with them. And she looks down on wrestling, kind of. Like, like my me being on AEW, they don't look at it as, like, oh, I landed a film in Marvel. No, like. Or Orlando role in the Marvel film. They look at it as like, oh, wow, great, good for you. Like, what does that do? You know, like, in, in the Philippines, like, a Filipino immigrant wrestler who grew up in, like, poverty and, like, immigrated to America and somehow ended up in AEW under the tutelage of Cody Rhodes, like, that's kind of a big freaking deal, right? I think it's a big deal. And that's my story. Like, so, you know, like, in the Philippines, we approach wrestling different, I think. And one of the things about me when I was a kid was, I would see all my friends talk about wrestling, but I did not have cable. And in America, SmackDown was on free TV. In the Philippines, SmackDown was on cable too. Yep. So like, there, there, there was no way for you to get into wrestling unless you just knew people that I had it. So when I was there, I was watching SmackDown. Uh, it was Eddie brainbustering Ray through Steel Steps. And I've heard my peers talk about this all the time. Wrestling here, wrestling there. And I had to pretend, like, like going back to, like, me pretending to be one of them, like, pretending to have cable, pretending to be rich. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally know who um, Chris Benoit. Yeah, I know who Chris Benoit is. <laughs> but I had, no, I had no idea who these people are. I was just, I was trying to, like, fit in with everybody. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, like, I could, I could actually talk about this with my friends when, like, after this vacation. Because, like, here it is, like. It's pro wrestling, you know? Like, that was my first interaction with it. And as soon as that weekend ended, I went to school. Before class started, I went up to all my wrestling friends. And, oh, like, I guess they're, 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 they're not really my wrestling friends. They're just my the, – the popular kids in my class that, that talk about wrestling. Oh, yeah, what you guys think about – Um, let me read the paper. Eddie Guerrero and Ray <laughs> Mysterio. I'm sure you were able to chime in because, like, I, I saw the whole thing unfold, like everybody else did, and I thought that was cool. And and in a weird way, wrestling was the one thing that made me fit in the best with all my peers because that's what they talked about, and I got to talk about it with them because of that one thing. And it was the first thing that made me feel like I belonged with everybody, and that's why I love wrestling. You know, I had that personal connection with me. It's pretty cool that your story as a wrestling fan really dates back to you trying to fit in, trying to connect with these other kids who you feel like you didn't have a commonality with. And I'm sure the wrestling stayed with you when you migrated to the States. So I've got to ask about the dream to become a wrestler then. Like, when did it become real for you that, hey, I can become a pro wrestler? It's going to sound weird, but 
even after being on AEW, even after like you know basically taking the indies by storm, because I gotta give myself a little bit of credit, right? <laughs> I still don't think I could be a pro wrestler, you know. Like, I was already an AEW, but like it eats away at me some days, or I'm like because I'm five foot five. I don't lie about that. I'm pretty scrawny, like low key. Like I used to be fat, you know, but but now I lost a lot of weight, and now like I tread, like you know, I basically. Unfortunately, trigger warning, eating disorder. But like, I basically kind of have an eating disorder because, like, because I'm scared of of becoming obese again. Yeah. You know? So it eats away at me in that, like, I don't know if I could be a pro. Like, especially I, I very recently I, I started opening up about wanting to do HRT because I, I feel like that will complete me as a whole, and I know that's going to be a detriment for me in pro wrestling because I do crazy moves and. Once the hormone uh, replacement treatment begins, I'm, I don't know if I can continue being that kind of wrestler. I have to change so much. It doesn't feel like the dream is there because as good as I am doing right now, I think the dream really becomes a reality once you get signed. And I don't want to discredit like everyone doing great in the indies or who are comfortable in the indies. But like for me personally, the dream of being a pro wrestler fully gets real when you debut but when you actually get picked up for a contract and then that's when the journey truly truly begins it's a weird answer i'm sure but it's also like how i really feel about it it's like it doesn't feel quite there yet Mm -hmm. and i guess i'm using it to my advantage because like all this does for me is it makes me stay hungry it makes me want to keep going because it it didn't hit me that i hit thirteen thousand followers on twitter until like very recently because I can't revel in the success until I actually make it. And I know some people, like, they see what I've done and they think that's good enough for them. I, people would do the indies for, like, decades and never get to the amount of, like, buzz I have in seven months. But for me, I personally, I want to get signed. Ultimately, my goal is to get signed because I understand that with my stature and how the wrestling landscape is, like realistically becoming a world champion it's not a pipe dream i still want to strive for that but the chances are a lot more slim than than say someone else you know but if i can use wrestling as a platform to feed my family and make sure they live in comfort dad because my my dad he went overseas to to basically work like nonstop just to send money back home to make sure we were fed. I, I want to use wrestling to give back to them. And I want, I, I don't even like, you know, I live pretty comfortably right now. I have a, I have a nice paying Uber eats job in LA that like I, I get to like live. And, and if I could use wrestling to provide for my family, that's ultimately the goal. You know, that's what I want to do. We're taking a quick break from our conversation with Kid Bandit so we can let you know about how you can support the show through your online shopping over on Shopee. Yep. All you got to do, again, because there's always a sale, is to use our affiliate link to support the podcast with your shopping. It is podlink.co slash W9X. Podlink.co slash the letter W, the number 9, and the letter X. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart checkout from the app. Again, what you buy will help us do what we do on the podcast. Thanks for cost to you. And now another break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, you mentioned earlier that you are making a bit of noise right now in the wrestling industry. So uh, for our listeners who may be hearing about Kid Bandit for the first time, who is Kid Bandit? How can you summarize the, the character that you've built for yourself? Uh, easy. If you watch My Hero Academia, uh, Cody Rhodes is all might. I'm Deku. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you also call yourself the protagonist of pro wrestling. So what's that about? This is cool because you guys, you guys are Filipino and you guys all watch Naruto and now we're Bleach, right? So it's kind of hard to escape anime in the Philippines. And that's what it was for me. Like, I didn't grow up with Marvel movies because going to the movie theater means you had Man, you have to pay. Yeah, money, and we didn't have money. Yeah, it was. It's funny because out here in America, it's so easy to go to movie theater. It's like, oh, dude, like that doesn't cost me anything. But in the Philippines, it's like, oh my god, you went to the movie theater? Wow, you're so rich. What? And you got popcorn? What? You know. But when you're at home, you had the Naruto, Tagalog, you have Ghost Spider. Yes. With, with Eugene, Alfred, Vincent, and Dennis for yes. some reason. And Jeremiah is apparently a dude. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> let's go yeah. with that. Or, or when I finally got cable when I was older, you had zero TV, so you had anime nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a big part of your life as a youth in the Philippines because it's just there. And I hate to say it, but Filipino soap opera teleserie, it was cringy to me. Not because it was badly written, but because they try really hard to emulate American TV shows and it just falls flat, in my opinion. So please don't crucify me for that. No, like, no, it's you know, totally I, fair. We get it. We get it. it like, they really I, do. Like, yeah, like I like I like Mulawin. Like I, I thought that was cool. But like outside of that, everything was like, what the hell is this? You know, like but <laughs> anime was easy. It was it was just like anime wasn't trying to be something it can't be. It was just the art itself was there and credit to the like Filipino dub artists who dub everything in Tagalog. Like yeah. I, I feel like they captured the essence of the animes pretty good without alienating the Filipino people who don't know what's going on. In fact, I think some of the humor translated better in Tagalog than it did like if I was watching in English or Japanese because like they understood. Like I remember they made a reference about like talk what Baboy in like an anime and I remember I was like, oh, I like I like talk about it, but you'd never hear that in like in the English or Japanese dub, right? For so sure, like, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so the protagonist of pro but, wrestling moniker is really you um positioning yourself as like the Eugene or the Naruto of like pro wrestling being like that this big saga. In a sense, yes and no. I call myself the protagonist of my story. There's an anime called Mob Psycho. I don't know if anyone is familiar with it, but there was a scene there where basically the the main character is they're kind of bland they're they're powerful sure but they they feel like they're bland and one of the things that like a, a character told them is remember you're the protagonist of your own story and i remember thinking as a kid like i would love for like me to star in my own tv show about my life but my life was boring you know like i was like i was a poor kid like and i wasn't doing anything cool and i remember just thinking I wonder how many people thought the same way I did where they wished that they were the stars of their own TV shows or or they had a movie written about them and like yes. you know that was like the whole idea for me it was like I wonder if there was an like if there was an anime about me how would it go about and that's where the whole protagonist bit came from it's like I don't want to come off as like I am the protagonist of wrestling and everything about wrestling revolves around me that's not the case I just I'm the protagonist of Kid Bandit's story, of Kid Bandit's wrestling journey, much like how Adam Page is the protagonist of his, his old story arc. Because we as people like have our own stories. Everybody in the world has a movie-worthy life sequence, like be it like you know their entire lives or maybe just like a specific time in their life that if you tell that story, you can make a movie out of it because it was just so cool and such, such a wonderful or tragic experience, you know? That's the entire reasoning behind the protagonist moniker is that I, I am my own story. I am the protagonist of my story, and I want people to feel like they're the protagonist of their own stories. That makes All right. sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally does. Um, you've mentioned being under the tutelage of Cody Rhodes. So how has he influenced your career and your style? The pro wrestling, probably not as much because, like, Cody's a lot taller than me. So, like, the wrestling styles that we do are very, 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 very different. I springboard and flip and do all these crazy moves. He doesn't. I like to think that it's more their values in the ring and outside the ring that I took to heart more. For those people that aren't really savvy with what Cody does behind the scenes in AEW, he was, like, the head of, like, their community outreach program. When he had that whole Twitter thing where he decided he wanted to get out of Twitter, he basically converted his old Twitter account to the AEW outreach, community outreach. His wife is in charge of like getting with the local communities about everything, all that stuff. What he did outside the rest, the biggest influence I can take from Cody because I want to leave a good mark in the world. And if I could use wrestling to do that, I want to do that, you know, and it's happening now. Like I, I talked about it in a couple of interviews, but I, I would get a lot of LGBT people coming up to me and saying that I help them be more comfortable with their skin. And at first it kind of takes me aback because I, I, I don't know how I'm doing that. But now, now that I understand, I, I have that position. I have that responsibility. I take it very seriously, much, much like how Cody took his position seriously. And it sucks that everybody made fun of him for it. Like, they, they said, oh, like, they basically memed him into, like, oh, Cody's the savior to end racism. I mean, it's not a bad thing to strive for. I don't know why people are making fun of him for it. I, but I, I, get, I get it. Like, people are meme they, they, you know, they oversimplify everything. But Cody, outside of what he does in the ring, is he's a tremendous human being. And 
that's why I really like the values. And as sappy as that sounds, that's really why I like him the most. What he stands for, the values that he does, like that's a good role model to have. And that's why I like Cody Rhodes, you know? Okay, I have a question and I wanted to shift gears just a little bit here. And I just wanted to ask, uh, you keep bringing up the fact that you're not very tall. And as a wrestler who is also of average height and a little scrawny in the build, I wanted to ask, have there been any naysayers during your training or during your career about what you wanted to aim for because you don't look a certain way or you're not a certain height or whatever? Has that ever happened to you? I guess so. Uh, it's weird because when you finally start working the scene, you realize that some people aren't as tall as they say they are, you know? And Or, or like the build height, uh, shoot height kind of debate. You see that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm almost the same height as Brian Danielson. He's a little taller than me, but like seeing him in person backstage in AEW for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, like let me stand next to to Brian real quick, see how I can, oh my God, like I'm basically the same height. You're like, not quite, he's taller, but like that still means the world because like if he main evented WrestleMania multiple times, then what does that say for me, you know? As far as naysayers go, main source of detraction I've ever faced wasn't because of the way I'm built or my height. And that uh, even when I was chubby, like nobody ever knocked me off because of like the way I was built. I did get a bunch of naysayers when it came to the moves I'm trying to do because I was oh. trying to incorporate stuff I haven't seen in wrestling because I like to pride myself as very creative in terms of like the moves, right? You know, I basically wanted to start something. I wanted to be an innovator and a lot of people would just come up to me when I come up and approach them with my ideas and they'd go like, why? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, and then they see it and they're like, oh, I get it now, you know, so. It's okay. like the number one source of detraction that I've oh, ever okay. had to face. Not because of the way I'm built or the way I am. It's always just been purely on the wrestling side of things that I've ever faced, like, detractions. And that's a great, great problem to have, I think. You know, because, like, wrestling, I can work on. Everything else, I'm kind of stuck with. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, th that makes a lot of sense. Um, a bulk yeah. of our conversation has been about representation and I want to talk about or I want to ask you about LGBTQ plus representation in pro wrestling because we've seen a wave of wrestlers in the current era whose sexuality isn't really the primary focus on their presentation, which is great. People like Nyla Rose, Anthony Bowen, Sonny Kiss, uh, even in WWE, people like Dewdrop and Sonya Deville. So what does that mean to you? Honestly, this might even be, come off as a very controversial take, right? But... I long for the day that someone who is LGBT, it's not a novel thing. It's just like, oh, whatever, like, cool. because that means we won. That means it's normalized. And that means the struggle not ended, but like everything that we fought for, for representation finally happened because, yeah, yeah. because it's not a novel thing for someone who is like me to succeed. It's just a thing. And that, I think that's ultimately what representation should lead it it's a personal take i i don't want this to come off wrong in, in certain ears but it's like I, I didn't like it when people made a big deal i get it i really got like i understand why people would make a big deal about someone lgbt succeeding or someone filipino succeeding even you know i get it because there's not a lot of them but i'm thinking big picture right i'm thinking one day like a gay world champion is gonna get to the top 
and no one's going to care that they're gay. They're just going to be happy that they got to the top because of their ability. Because being gay, being LGBT, it, it got normalized. It means we won. It means it doesn't matter that you're like that. What matters is that you succeeded. And I think, I think that's what matters. You know, obviously, I love the fact that we get spotlighted because people need to see that there that we exist. People need. It shouldn't be so hard for someone like us to find someone to relate to, I think, you know? Yeah. But this is all from a personal standpoint. Uh, ultimately, I see where the other side is, too, where, yeah, let's be really happy about, like, I think the perfect example is, like, how they handled Nyla Rose's, um, when she won the, the title. It's like, they glossed over the fact that they're trans. They didn't win because they were trans. They didn't get booked in that position because they were trans. It wasn't a publicity stunt. It was just because, hey, Nyla Rose is freaking good. Let's put the belt on her. Great. No problem with me. And I think that's the way representation should go. Have that particular bit of info available for people who want to know about it, but don't make the entire person be all because of like, you know, because then it comes off as like, you're there because you're a token representative. That bugs me because I don't want to be a token representative. I want to get to my destination because I was good, you know, not because they wanted to hire me because they needed someone to like, you know, to fill a role, basically. Right. You posted yesterday on social media about being open about your self-discoveries and undergoing HRT. So I want to ask about why that's important to you. Why is it important to include your followers, your fans on that journey so openly? Because I think there's not a lot of people and this kind of like counterpoints my previous point, right? But there's not a lot of people talking openly about this stuff. And I hate to say it, but I'm already on the spotlight. I might as well stay in the spotlight, you know? Like there, there, there's no use in me hiding this because there, there, people are going to notice the changes. Yeah. So if I just openly talk about it, I feel like, and, and, and it already happened. It's been a day or two and people are messaging me saying, hey, I was on the fence about starting it, but seeing you doing it like makes me want to, like it makes me feel more okay. And if I can help people discover stuff about themselves, that's enough, you know? I joke about it. It's a joke because I do want to make money out of it. But if I retired tomorrow, I'd be okay. Because one, I wrestled Cody Rhodes, who's my favorite wrestler of all time. And two, I got to help more than a couple of people with their lives. And not a lot of people are afforded like the privilege to make a difference in people's life, in strangers' lives even. And I think a lot of us dream of opportunities where we become heroes because we see it in movies all the time, you know, like we see Spider-Man, like save people from burning buildings. We want to save someone from a burning building, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I like to think so. Like we want to, we want to be heroes. Yeah. And this, this is how I get to be a hero. I hate to say it, but the help I give people is enough for me, man. It's not, I want to get paid. I want to <laughs> make millions and, you know, I, and I'm human. I, I, yes. I want to I provide for my family. But Definitely. also, yes. you know, deep down, if, if I had to retire tomorrow, I'd be okay. I got to help people. I got to use my platform for good. I'm, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. We want you to get that back. As we begin to wind down here, I want to zoom out and get into your self-awareness because the way that you speak about where you are right now in your career, there is a level of self-awareness where you know you have a platform, you know you have a bit of momentum right now, but you also find yourself grappling with imposter syndrome because I remember this interview you did where you mentioned you find yourself going, holy shit, I'm in the locker room with Sean Spears or with Brian Danielson. So can you talk to us about that? I'm learning to cope a lot more 
I went to a seminar with Sir Penico a couple of weeks. He gave me some advice. It was invaluable. I was like, yeah, I, I feel so insecure about everything, you know, I, and I'm blowing up so fast, but I don't think I'm that good. And he basically brought up the fact that I have a following that likes me. Basically, I'm not proud of my last darkness. I didn't do as good as I hoped. I could have worked on my stuff a little bit more leading up to it. I didn't. Uh, not because I, I was lazy, but because I just didn't have the time. And so when I was on TV, I, I, nerves got to me. I didn't perform 100% the way I wanted to. And it's bugged me ever since. And Serpentico was there during the taping. And then, I was, so when I saw him again in the seminar, I, I just expressed to him, hey man, like, you know, I, I'm worried they'll never call me back again because I didn't do great. And he basically reassured me, he's like, the reason why Kid Bandit is doing so well isn't because I'm a great wrestler. It's because I'm connecting with fans. And I have a fan base that I don't, like, I don't want to say I'm the only one that could reach them, but it's starting to look like, like that, you know? So, so that, that's what helps me cope with it. It's the people who support me now, especially right now, right now, they see something in me that they won't see in other wrestlers. And that's my source of strength. I offer them something that Batista can't offer them or Brian Danielson can't offer them. And whether it's the anime aspect, the Filipino aspect, the Japanese American aspect, the the LGBT aspect, the gaming aspect, me me struggling with my League of Legends addiction that that I formed in the Philippines, by the way. Thank you, Dota. Thank you, Internet Cafes. Like, I, like that's your freaking fault. You know, I used to play Gunbound all the time. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how I was able to afford all the time I spent in Internet Cafes there. But there it is. You know, the stuff that they connect with me. I don't think other wrestlers can offer and that's my strength and that's how I cope with like being in the locker room with like all these phenomenal talent like I could be in the locker room with AJ Styles and I'll, I'll be so nervous I'll be like oh my gosh but ultimately at the end of the day there's a kid bandit fan out there and maybe they're a furry and they don't like AJ Styles because AJ Styles said something about bad about furries one time but they'll like me more than they'll like AJ Styles and that's that's cool with me you know I'll take it. That's a great way to end the pod on. I guess just as a last question, what's your top item on your bucket list as a wrestler or even as a human being? Oh, oh wow. Hell, I want to wrestle in the Philippines, yo. Yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I, I want to I go and... Uh, is ABS CBN still a thing? I don't know. My mom said it. Uh, it got well, shut down a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. See, I'm, I'm so out of date. Uh, is GMA still a thing? Yes, yes, yes. I want to get interviewed in one of those like really wild uh, Vice Gunda. Is that, is, are they still a thing? Yes, Vice Gunda is still a thing. <laughs> uh, are they canceled? I don't know. I don't know. But, what are you going to make Jessica Soho if you want? Oh, yeah, okay, so, with Jessica Soho. Who, who, whoever's unproblematic. Uh, like, I'll, take, I'll take that interview. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk about like, you know, my entire journey. I want to validate all the struggles that a lot of my people who might have gone through the stuff I've gone through and, and show them that whether it be the poverty aspect that I, this is all, the first time I've ever opened. I think this interview right now is like where, where I really, really talked about it because only you guys would understand it because you're from there. There's not a lot of people who go through the stuff I've gone through. And if a certain aspect of my struggles in life will reach them, then I think that's enough. I would love for them to use my experiences to help them get through their struggles. 
or to see my successes and use that as an inspiration to never give up on the stuff that they struggle with. I love the messaging. I love the way that this all came together. So uh, Kid Bandit, if you want our listeners to get in touch with you, to connect with you on social media, what's the best way to do that? I am not Kid Bandit Pro on League of Legends. So if you see that person, that's not me. <laughs> but but every, everywhere else, that's me. So, so yeah, All right. uh, at Kid Bandit Pro. Uh, Kid Bandit, thank you so much. I uh, really loved having this conversation with you, connecting with you like this. And we wish you nothing but just the best of success in everywhere you go, whatever you do. And thank you for representing all the different communities that you're a part of. I know, like, isn't that weird? I'm, I'm part of like so many communities. Like, it kind of That's not a bad thing at all. No, it's not. It freaks me out. I'm like, well, what am I? Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> salamat. Thanks again to Kid Bandit for joining us. Uh, you know, we got to apologize for the uh, some of the audio issues because Kid Bandit was on the road. Uh, they were driving to pick up somebody uh, at the airport. And yung mga kwento naman niya, I think we can fill in the gaps with a bit of the context clues. But we tried our best to really adjust his schedule and make it work. And we're really happy that, you know, we even got to connect in the first place. I love that. I mean, it was just such a good get. It was something that hindi ko talaga expect. And I hope for more interviews with Kid Bandit in the future. Yeah, so if you really love the work that we've been doing here on the podcast, let us know. Please give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Follow the podcast. Isa na lang yung feed. So our friends at Podcast Network Asia have resolved the issue. Isa na lang siya. And if you haven't followed us yet, please do. Every follow, every five-star rating goes a long way. Or you can send us your questions and all of your recommendations for what you want to hear on the pod at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter and on TikTok. On Facebook and Instagram naman, it is at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You can catch us this Thursday for our weekly live stream, which we do on Kumu, 7 p.m. on Thursdays at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. Uh, we also do it on the Facebook page, and we'll be talking about the fallout from Elimination Chamber and whatever other big news happens between now and then. In the meantime, though, you can reach out to us individually at China Supersized, at Rowis War, at Monday Night Rowan, N I T E on Twitter, N I G H T on Instagram, and at underscore Stan C. Big thanks to Babyface producer Gel and the rest of the Podcast Network Asia team for all the work that they do behind the scenes. And as we get out of here, usual reminders, keep your masks on, stay at home unless absolutely necessary, get your vaccines, get your boosters, and by May 2022, let's go out and vote at wag po tayong mabota ng magnanakaw. On behalf of Ro Moran, Chino Liao, and Rowan the SHIT, my name is Stan C. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.